What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. For the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50. 40. To the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's it. That's it. 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Salty Dogs Podcast. A very special edition of the Salty Dogs Podcast. Yeah, we're excited about our guest this week. We are. Um, it's not one of the biggest names on the team. Nope. He's played one game in his NFL career. He has. Cody McElroy, the tight end, uh, but he has a very interesting story. And I'm not even going to try to recap it now because I no. doubt I would get it right. But no. we just want him to tell us his story of how right. he got here to this place now. And you have to make us a Christmas promise. You can't fast forward to with a time mark that I give you when Cody starts We're talking. talking it up like yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, you it can, but then you have to rewind and listen Please. to us. Yes. Because you know, we're, putting we're a the lot, show. Yeah, we're putting a lot By of By the way, I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. I remembered it this time, I at least know. before it's, you did. Well, <clears throat> very good. I've been having identity issues. <laughs> <laughs> I just have issues. <laughs> I agree with that. So we're, we're for the first time in five weeks, we don't get to talk about a win. No, we I guess don't. we got greedy there for a little we while. Did. <clears throat> we did. And, it, you know, it was comfortable. Yeah, for us. Um, so the, the Bucks lost to the Texans 23-20 to on a rare Saturday afternoon game. I liked that. That was I liked going to the game on Saturday. Yeah, and I think you'll see the NFL do uh, two Saturdays next year. Because of the Christmas Be- schedule? Because of the Christmas schedule, the way Christmas will fall next year, and also because the three games that were played on Saturday were lights out. You mean they were good games? They were good games. All How the were the through. ratings, did you see? Uh, very well. They, they did real well, I've all got, across. i got friends I text with, and, and I several of them were like, I really like this Saturday NFL. Of course, you know, they yeah. don't because of college for most yeah. of the year, but this is an opportunity. It, yeah, well, and it's a great place to place it because usually there's not, you know, would have been, just bowl games. would have been a little more entertaining for us if the Bucks had won that game and pulled it out. I would say, I'm not going to say it would have been more entertaining. I would say it would make me feel better, but yeah. I thought that was a very entertaining game. I think any game that Jameis Winston is involved in has a lot of big plays in it. If I wrote on the board right now, five turnovers – how bad did you get beat? Well, f- even worse, three turnovers within the first, like, 16 minutes, three picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another one on the first drive of the game, which he's done six times now. And I hit the button, and I said, okay, it's game time. What's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't you're ca- right. I don't count games at kickoffs anymore. <laughs> it's after that first pick six. Yeah, but so after that, then there's another one on the second drive, and there's another one early in the second quarter, I believe. And pretty soon you're down 17 to nothing, and – that's the thing about both Jameis Winston and this team is that we've seen that many times in the past where that would have been it, Jeff. It don't even yeah. – That would have been it. Back and in yet, the day, yeah. somehow exactly. by halftime, it's 17-17. When, when we talked to Coach at half, I could not believe it was 17-17. Yeah. I, it, it, it is mind-boggling in the sense. And you have to take your hat off to the defense because they – Yes, 100%. Fantastic game. Unreal. Houston has a great offense. They only got 229 yards. Deshaun Watson was held in check. And I think DeAndre Hopkins, there you go. 23 yards. Carly I Davis. Think the, all of that is gone by the wayside because, oh. of course, picks will, will, yeah. will, will well, dominate. Well, Jameis is the big topic. Yeah. But, but when you look at. That's a, you know the Texans are a really good team and you you truly neutralized them. They had their lowest point or yardage total of the year two twenty nine. And if you take away well you can't take away the takeaways because they're right. there. But what was it seventeen points you say off a of takeaway? Yeah, they only one of scored twenty three. Yeah. My math tells me yeah. what there's you six probably points. Probably would have won that game. Yeah, but the comeback in the final two minutes of the sec of the first half involved things like. Cody McElroy, who we're going to talk to, catching his first pass ever for 30 yards. Ishmael Hyman catching his second pass ever for 31 Mm -hmm. yards. Justin Watson scoring just his second touchdown on another really great red zone play. Jameis has made some outstanding red zone plays on the move this year. Actually, he's done that a lot throughout his career. Uh, And then, uh, you know, plays like that sprinkled all Mm -hmm. over the place. And, you know, you don't have any Mike Evans. You don't have any Chris Godwin. You don't have Scotty Miller. I know that's not as big of a deal as Evans and Godwin, but he was coming on. Yes. And you're playing with a bunch of guys that have only been around here for a few weeks. 
uh, and Brashad Perryman. Dude, who, st- now you know why you got him. Dude, he's over. He's he's at like 511 yards now, and not making easy catches. That That's one, true. that sideline catch was wow. unbelievable. I couldn't believe he actually got in until I Could, saw the replay, and we couldn't see it because it was on our side, yeah. and you got all the players in front of you. He's but made still. a bunch of those. Um, but if you had said when you signed Brashad to be your number three receiver behind. Evans and Godwin, mm-hmm. and he would. Evans and Godwin would both make the Pro Bowl, and your third receiver would get over 500 yards. You'd say, okay, that's exactly what I want, plus five touchdowns. Mm. I'll take that. Now, obviously, the opportunity's been there for him because Godwin and first Evans and then Godwin have been out. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons you need a good third receiver. You can't he, have enough. Uh, it, it, it. He wasn't producing in the first half of the season because Jameis was basically just throwing the ball to Mike and Chris, and why not? It was working. <laughs> How can you not? Right? So, And if you weren't, then you would probably be getting yelled at for why aren't you finding those guys. Yeah. So it, when, it's all, all, when it's all said and done in the wash, and we've talked about this before where, where people wanted us to um, – uh, cut Brashad at, before the deadline mm. so that you could get another compensatory pick. And we've mentioned that it probably would end up being like a late sixth round pick. Yeah. No, you did. At best, a late fifth, which is like a sixth. It was the right thing to do. To Sometimes you got to know when to hold them. Well, and it just shows these guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there was some criticism yeah. like, why would they do that? And, well, because they had to think about why did we bring them in to begin with and reevaluate. And not to mention with it. the Bucks and, were like two and six, and and I'm sure there wasn't. And I don't blame anybody for this. By no. the way, I'm sure there wasn't a ton of belief out there that it was going to get turned around to the extent that no, it has. No, and and I and you know I I always see where everybody goes where you you see well you know they had four wins but you know they weren't against teams with winning records. Look, you got to play your schedule. Well, true, and we beat and, the Rams early, and we almost we took Seattle mm-hmm. to overtime in Seattle, and. Uh, and you're playing. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville was bad, but yeah. Atlanta was playing good when we went there, and they're they playing were on a good two, now. They were on a two-game. They win just streak. destroyed Carolina and New Orleans on the road two straight weeks. So mm-hmm. it's not all about the record that you see no, on the paper no. right now. No, and and it's proven. It's proven on any given Sunday because if you look real quickly at, at the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. beating Seattle in Seattle, um, Atlanta won at San Fran a couple weeks ago. There you go. It's so hard to win in the er, NFL. Yes, every week is, is right. a whole new. Let me throw something at you here, Jeff. Ready for it. All right. The Bucks are 7-8. and eight. Yep. Atlanta's coming in town. Mm-hmm. Pretty much I think the line on this game is even. Yeah, I would say uh, it's a It's a battle for second place, actually. If you know, I don't know how much that, that matters to you or anybody. It but, does because it matters to where we're traveling well, and who's okay, coming to play. Well, okay, so that's what I'm getting at. I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Bruce Arians has said several times how much he and the team still want to win this game. Uh, and he said the phrase eight and eight tastes a lot better than no question. seven and nine. No question. However, if you if you lose the game, being second or third from the standpoint of what you get out of it doesn't make any difference. I would rather be second than third, right? Mm-hmm. You will probably have you could have a movement of three, four, five picks in the draft order mm-hmm. to the betterment. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if the Bucks lose, not saying they want to lose. I'm Is that saying, the silver lining? No, I'm, I'm going to get to the question okay. here in a second. And then if you lose, you are going to play from the West. You're going to play the Rams here, and your road trip will be to the Giants. Those are the two games determined by the schedule, by the standings. The rest of it's already determined. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you win, either Seattle or San Fran are coming here, and you're going to either Philly or Dallas depending on what happens in their games and who comes in first and second. Right. On paper, if you didn't care about winning and losing in this week when you're eliminated from the postseason, the Bucks are probably better off in the 7-9 to nine situation. They're, presumably, the Rams, the way their season's gone, although they could easily bounce back, are not as difficult as Seattle or San Fran. And the Giants, unless you know maybe Daniel Jones becomes a superstar, but I think you'd rather play the Giants than the Eagles, right? Or the Cowboys, who have disappointed this year, but are very talented. I, you make valid points, but so but what I, do you want? Do you want to, you want to win? I want eight and eight. I want eight and eight too. I want eight and eight. I want to be second, and I want. And the reason why I say that is, I don't know what anybody's going to be like next year. Period. Well, that's true too. And so I, but, uh, and I think for this coaching staff, I think it's a great leap if they can put it at eight and eight and be six first, and two in the second half of the season. The first year being here and. I think it would be. I think it's just good. Period. I'd I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather, rather too because losing and 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 three draft picks up in front. Personally, if you're not in the top five, it can make a difference. But can, it's hard yeah. to predict how it can make a difference because mm-hmm. you you might be sitting there at 17 and 
And you're thinking that guy at 15 is going to get taken at 15. We have to trade. Yeah. And if draft picks were the ultimate, ultimate, then, you know, a lot of I mean, the Cleveland Browns would be really, really happy considering how many draft picks they have. But they so, are a very valuable asset, especially yeah. first and second rounders. Uh, and the Bucks have proven this year how important draft picks are because mm-hmm. their draft class has been very, very good. And, yes, so no question. There. So what you got – okay, so you, but you I both be, agree I wanna, on the 8-8. Eight eight. I do want to be 8-8, eight eight, yes. Okay. I, 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 want I do to, too. I want to end the season. I want to say, wow, you know, you, you, were, six it, out of, you were six out of eight. Yeah, that's In the, the backside, I see the defense playing better. The offense is putting up points. Yes, there's things that need to be worked on, but a much better taste in my mouth at, at that time. 100% agree. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, so, okay, let's go tell Bruce. Okay. You know, I, I, we already know that the Bucks are trying to win. He wants to win. And that's the thing about um, – He's not happy. He's not he, – he, he feels – Well, he thinks we should win at least impre- three more games. Yes, my impression of, of <clears throat> my impression of how Bruce is, he feels that he had opportunities to get this team to win three more games yeah. and didn't get it done. And there's really and nothing he can do about a, a, a very good kicker missing mm-hmm. one 32-yard kick, mm-hmm. which I don't think he's missed inside the 40 other than that one. No. So that's the Giants game. Yeah, And then he obviously doesn't believe it's his fault or the team's fault that the refs blew the whistle too fast on the Tennessee Interesting. Recovery. Interesting in the Tennessee game, uh, there, was a, there was not a quick whistle. Yeah. Now, no, there was. It's the same thing. We was, were we were robbed of a no a, in our game no no what I'm saying is last week we weren't in Tennessee in that Tennessee oh, in game Tennessee's yeah game? there was there was that issue where they didn't blow the whistle uh-huh. and they let the play play out good that's what and, they're supposed and actually, to do and I was yelling at the TV where were you back you know yeah now I will say coach did not like this fumble non fumble call in the last game yeah right? that was the next thing I was going to bring up and the problem there is why there was a quick whistle there because he was still at forward progress his legs were still churning I was like come on play it out and that boy did Bruce oh. react strongly. Oh, and by the way, never ever going to talk about it again. Okay, what? Pass interference, instant replay. Uh, done. You just, you just, you're done with the topic. I'm done with it, and I, and I hope they don't. I hope they throw it off the books. Well, I do too, and we've said that several times. Just get rid of that dumb. Done. Because they can't, they can't get it. Saw right. it I saw it all week long. Yeah, all they, week they long. They can't get it right, yeah. so why bother? Yeah. You, you don't know what the rule is. It's much – I've said this before. It's much less infuriating as a fan of a team to see a, a, a flag or a non-flag that they missed than to see that it missed and then still not get corrected. I, and I will say this. You know, you can't win because one guy – one one one. The if you look at the fan base or whoever you're rooting for, you go, <laughs> oh, that's not pass interference. Yes, that's pass interference. <laughs> but deep down, all fans know when you get away with one and you don't get away with one. Plus, you were talking you, about – all across the league. Yes. And there was some of that where you were just an objective observer. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. And then you just, I, I don't care one way or the other. It's not right. So I, I just hope that goes away because I'm tired of it. Yeah. So. In addition to the season. And I think it'll make it easier on the officiating too. So. Yeah, agreed. And they're just going back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, it's it, the rule is just a, an overreaction to one big play, and that's something the NFL And that was a pretty big play. I, you know, that was pretty but big But it play. didn't stop that. No. That still occurred. Mm-hmm. It didn't change history. <laughs> no. So what did we get? Aggravation. Grief. Good grief. So let's Charlie get Brown. off the aggravation. <laughs> hey, that's hey, kind of topical. You like that? Um, getting off the aggravating yeah. part. I'm sorry. I back to, to the um, – That was my Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> back to the uh, uh, good stuff. We were talking about wanting to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. We also want to see this defense have one more mm. really good outing and, uh, and just continue to make us believe that – We've finally turned the corner on that side of the ball. And you're going to have your hands full because Julio Jones is back. I know, but DeAndre Hopkins came in red hot. Uh, now you prove that you can do it two weeks in a row. Actually, Atlanta had Julio Jones when we played him last yeah, time, but they MVP. didn't have Austin Hooper. And he is back. And they didn't have Devontae Freeman. And they're both back. So they're going to be even tougher to defend. And that coaching staff is fighting for their jobs right now. Because yeah, and the players a, are fighting for their coaches. Yes, and so there's there's that. They're, they're and, they, and they could end up 8-8. Eight and eight. No, they can't. All right, 7-9. and nine. I'm right. sorry. And if that happened, then we'd both be 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. They'd win the tiebreaker for the standings. Now, in terms of draft order, that's completely different. That's based on strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you could we could be behind them in one and ahead of them in the other. Um, but I would lay it out like this. We don't know what's going to happen with all those free agents up front. Shaq Barrett. Jason Pierre-Paul, mm-hmm. Carl Nassib, and Dominican Sue, those four primarily. There's some others like Raheem Nunez-Roches, but those are probably the four that you could lose any number of them, and 
I mean, you and I probably like to have them all back, but it's probably not realistic, right? Mm-hmm. But you still have Vita Vea. You're probably going to re-sign at least one or two of those guys, maybe Shaq. So let's just say we re-sign Shaq because we say that because both Bruce and Shaq have been asked multiple times in the last few weeks, and they both have made it clear they want to be working together next mm-hmm. year. So I think there's motivation to get that done. So I'm just going to say the Bucks get Shaq back one way or another. You got Vita Vea. Even if you don't have Indomitian Sue, although I hope we do, you got Shaq Barrett. That's a real good start up front. You're two inside linebackers. Could we ask for a better pair than Devin no. White and Levante David? No. And then your secondary all of a sudden looks like you've found it. You know, and Bruce was right, although, you know, back in the back in August when he said the secondary's fixed and then the secondary's was results it? were horrendous, yeah. it was easy to pick on that line. But he meant, as I've said before, we that they felt they'd fixed the talent issue that they had the talent on hand Mm -hmm. and it looks now like they're right because the secondary especially those three young corners are playing lights out right and that'll be great because those guys are locked in for a while right yeah no question so if you got a secondary that's playing very well and is getting more confident by the week you got you can't ask for better inside linebackers and you can make that defensive front work with those starters maybe somebody in the draft your defense on paper looks pretty good to me next year and that's and you're going to have to have a good defense. Well, you're still going to have Mike Evans. You're still going to have Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't know what's going to happen with James yet. Nope. And uh, we probably need to make some improvements in the running game. Mm-hmm. Whether that be I don't know whether it be new backs or or scheme or offensive line, but it it's not working well enough. No. But this offense has been pretty good most well, of the year. Has been very good. I mean, it's without, a, without the turnovers. And sometimes you are, you know, you they're they're, in, they're a throwing offense. It seems to be that yeah. seems to be what it is. You'd rather have more balance, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think they're addressing. I think they're going to address well, it. Well, of course, you and know, they, and, they know. And like some previous coaches have said here, you can't go into every offseason and fix every problem mm-hmm. all at once. So there were a lot of things that needed fixing. Some of that's been done, and now you move on to what hasn't been fixed. Yeah, and and I, I just want to say, um, Levante David, preach Jeff. Just on, it, it's mind-boggling that he, the people don't realize how good he is, and, and it might be because you know the Buccaneers were not on national TV all the time, and so fans don't get to see it. But I think fans on Saturday got a real treat to what Fifty Four can do. Because it was pretty remarkable. He's so good. He and he makes people around That's him true. better. And and uh, coach has mentioned, and he hasn't said him by name, but he's been talked about the defense. He goes, "We have a lot of young talent, and then a lot of our older talent is still young." Mm-hmm. And I think he means they still like. A, and I think he's referring to Levante in particular, mm-hmm. who will be going into his ninth, ninth year. year next year. Crazy, but, but looks like a fourth year player. Yeah, there does. There's no. There's no decline. And he's such an unselfish player. It's unfortunate for Levante that him, Bobby Wagner, and Luke Keekley all came in the league at about the same mm-hmm. time uh, because I think it's it maybe even the exact same year. Keekley and, and Levante were the same year, I think, uh, 2012. I'm not sure about Wagner. All of them are just phenomenal, phenomenal players. But Keekley and Wagner have sort of locked down the inside linebacker spots for the Pro Bowl. And now that Levante's considered an inside linebacker, yeah. I think he's playing just as well as those two guys, uh, possibly better, but it's pretty hard to crack that. I would love to, and I, I know we can't, but I would love to see how the – I mean, there's fan voting, which is great. That's what, you know, And that's the hard part. But I would love to see player and coaches voting to see how that – yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is. But, you know, I just think Levante's a really special player, and, and I think we're really, you know – lucky to have him all these years. And again, when your team's not winning, you're not noticed as much. I I do say, I do think that, that the people that cover this game and your national writers and Mm -hmm. so on have a decent feel for Levante. I was reading a, a guy on the ringer. I I like the ringer. It's a good sports website and pop culture and stuff. And um, one of their writers did his all NFL team. So we're not talking a Pro Bowl with 88 players. Mm-hmm. We're talking one player for each. So he picked yeah. three linebackers, and Levante was one of them. So nice. There are guys out there that know. I have to start reading that. Uh, I, I don't remember which writer it was on there, but um, yeah. And he also, uh, Bill Barnwell, the ESPN writer, has got mm-hmm. pretty high profile. He's really talked to Vita Vea a lot. So if the team starts to win, win actually be a at all come actually be a. Yeah. I mean, I know we're winning now, but we haven't really had much of a playoff, uh-huh. folks. If the team is in the playoff race throughout a season. 
Levante and Vita and guys like that mm-hmm. are going to get much more of there. And that's been a, one of the main problems for Levante in his career, obviously. Well, it's, it, it's really easy. Anytime you see a turnover happening, you pretty much can see it. Yeah, you can see pretty much He's forced it, or if he didn't, he's going to recover. He, yeah, he's, he's around it somewhere. Somehow he's he's involved. Well, I don't know if it was on this show or some other interview I've done with him, but his forced fumbles on running backs is not fluky. Mm-mm. He knows he, – he told me, like – there's a point at which they're getting close to hitting the ground mm-hmm. where they take one hand off the ball to brace themselves, and that he usually tries to swipe at exactly that moment. Now, being able to see and do that, it, you know, knowing that, but also being able to do it is two different things. But you take a shot at but it. He clearly has done, done it a it lot right. of times. Yep. He's had 21 forced fumbles since he came in the league in um, 2012, which I think is sixth. But if you look at the top ten on that list, it's all J.J. Watt, mm-hmm. Ryan Kerrigan, pass rush types who get a lot of their force fumbles on strip sacks, right. which is great. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's but big, when you're talking yeah. about forcing fumbles past the line of scrimmage, Levante Davis is probably the best player in the NFL. And uh, another thing, Shaq Barrett was shut out uh, in sacks. Got close. And JPP just scores three. three. And you, uh, you don't know. But then – uh, unbelievable game in Seattle, Arizona. Uh, Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. four sacks in one that game, jerk. takes it up to nineteen. I know that jerk. Nineteen. Sack. So Shaq was leading almost wire to wire, wire to wire, and, and then bam, four sacks. Can you believe? But that? Shaq can still get the, the team record. He's got a share of it. He's got. Yeah, he's one he, more. He could break the record, or he could get really hot and roll three, four. You know, <laughs> well, he's Chandler, done it before, and hope Chandler Jones gets yeah, put the pressure out. on yeah. Chandler. He's done uh, it before. I mean. Crazy, yeah. It's funny. I mean, I'm not a fantasy football guy, as you well know. I am, but I know I'm getting tired of it, though. And uh, so, what I liked was you know, watching that game and uh, seeing Chandler Jones. Every time he got a sack, I was mad. Yeah, I mean, I was, and, and I, I'm thinking, why am I mad? You know, why am I? Because I, I wanted Shaq to get it. And yeah. I wanted, I want that. Um, you know how I know I'm getting tired of fantasy football because you're out of it. Because when I, when I get eliminated, and it's yeah. the final like two or three weeks of the season. I'm, like, I'm always like, this is cool. I don't have to worry about anything fantasy. I can just enjoy this game. Funny. I was watch. I was reading. I don't worry. I was reading. I was reading an article, and the the writer was said, it in "Highlights the magazine." Maybe weekly reader. <laughs> um, he 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 writes. I know you get bored when I talk about my fantasy team, and yeah. I thought of you. Well, and then he said, "But I'm not talking about my fantasy team because I'm out of it." And I went, <laughs> "Oh, I, I got to ask Scott." How'd your fantasy team do with all the Buccaneer fans? What are you talking about? I thought we've talked about this already. No. I didn't. I made the playoffs. I was only one of the three of us pros. Okay. Who made the playoffs? Well, five. What if I told you the names? Would it matter? They are listening. They would like their name. Okay. Let me try. Jason Swinford, Justin Beats, Mm -hmm. Chris Dombrowski. Very good. Brandon Durfee, me. Mm Mm-hmm. And oh boy, I feel bad for the one I can't. Oh, Christopher Hatton, who actually was the the number one seed. Okay. My team had fallen. It was. It had no depth. About it. And you, you of the pros you're talking about. The three insiders, me and Casey Phillips and Carmen Vitale. Okay. Uh, they Carmen came close, but did not make the playoffs. Casey finished last in the league. Okay. Uh, I snuck into the playoffs, even though I lost like my last three or four games, mm-hmm. because everybody was hurt and I had absolutely no depth, mm-hmm. which was bad managing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not blaming the fates. I'm saying it was bad yeah. managing. You're you're a good coach, bad GM. I <laughs> <laughs> was easy to beat. Uh, in fact, I lost to the eventual champion uh, okay. in the first round, All right. uh, and that was Jason Swinford. Uh, he beat. Congrats. He beat uh, Justin Beats in the final, and that and actually. Justin Beats had stuff on Diggs last night, and he almost made up a 32-point deficit wow. to come all the way back, but not quite. So that guy, Jason, is going to be here on Thursday. This gonna, Thursday? Yeah, we're going to give him his oh. prizes. We're going to give him the championship belt. Oh. Um, and then he gets tickets and sideline passes. Oh, I want to go talk to him. Okay, well, he's, he's coming around okay, 4 o'clock all right. on Thursday. Yeah, because I want to. Thank wanna... him for beating me? <laughs> yeah. You can, there's only no, five guys you could talk about me. it. Talk about a nice Christmas. <laughs> I think in retrospect, it's quite clear that um, we called ourselves the pros, but uh, since I I mainly play recreationally, yeah. uh, that there know. are guys out there that really put a lot more into this and are very, very good at it. But it was a fun thing. We're going to keep doing it. I, that, that was my next question. Are you going to do it again Yeah, next year? it was fun. You're going to do the draft. And I can like still you, get lucky. Yeah, you're going to do the draft like you did before yeah, this, and bite them into the... This league, all the, all the fans who won the contest got to come with us and draft right inside so the cool. area room that... Jason Light and Company do real drafts for the Bucks. Yeah. I think everybody really liked that. And if for anybody didn't, didn't already know, Mike Evans came into the room. Uh, one of our drafters, Becky Hartman, 
drafted Mike Evans. And, uh, you know, about half an hour later, he walked in the room and, and thanked her and gave her a big hug yes. and everything. And so she was the winner from the very beginning. Yeah, of this she game. didn't care. Yeah, 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 she got a hug. Her team also turned around and did quite well yeah. in the second half. So. I, want to, I want to say that as you rattled off all these people's names, I am your witness. You have no papers. That's you right. have nothing in front of you. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. So I totally respect the fact that you knew all the people who Well, I've been, writing a re- <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing a written article okay. recapping all, all okay. year. But so. it doesn't matter how you remember it. I, I, I am a horrible with names. Horrible. Uh-huh. And so I always... Third uh, and fourth place were Christopher Hatton and Brandon Durfee. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one who came in fifth, cool. I think. Well, when's your story coming out? I'm waiting till Thursday because usually okay, I do it on it. Tuesday, right. but since he's coming to visit on Thursday, we'll do it. Then. All right. Get a picture with him with the championship belt. Okay. Well, very good. Do you have anything else? No, I think right. we've We're... covered a lot. Uh, okay. and, and, uh, and to be honest with you, I want to get to the Cody McElroy. So right. uh, I Here's my plan, Jeff, because I've looked through his path here, uh-huh. and I'm not going to give any of it away right now, but I'm almost certain that if I tried to recap it, and just ask him questions, I'd get it wrong. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to say, hey, go. Corey, yeah. Cody, go. I have to agree with you because what I've, what I've looked at and seen, it, it almost doesn't seem real. It's, it seems like something very few people have ever done. I think, it, I think it's very appropriate. It's, it's, it's the salty dog's Christmas and there's story. A lot of, <laughs> and there's a lot of gaps he's going to fill in for us. And so let's get to that right now. All right. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And now we're joined by Cody McElroy. Cody, yeah. thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. On thanks a Christmas Eve me. day, so uh, time short, is even more valuable. Short yeah. notice, poor guy could hardly get off the field. We got him. Grabbed him. <laughs> it's with- well, Cody, we didn't even know you a couple months ago. And, yeah. and in fact, I think when I just introduced myself, it's probably the first time that you and I have talked. It's interesting. I mean, it's beyond interesting how you've gotten to this point. And if I tried to recap it i'd probably mess it up but uh, multiple sports uh minor leagues things like that can you just give us kind of the recap of how you went through three different sports and ended up as an nfl tight end okay so yeah went to high school at chattanooga high school in oklahoma Um, i'm from frederick oklahoma went to high school like i said at chattanooga high school it's a little bitty school i had 18 kids in my class (laughs) and so it was at a one room school house. it it was seven through 12 in the same hallway that's awesome. Yep, yep. Same. There's like five teachers there. You what have the math was, teacher. What year was this? This is 2011. I it's still love, like that right I, now. I yep. love great. it. Yep. So went there. Um, obviously, we weren't big enough to have football. So we played baseball in the fall and then basketball and then baseball again in the spring. As it should be with all kids. Play all sports. Play everything you can. But didn't get an opportunity to play. Yeah. Right. So, so never got to play football. Played in junior high uh, in middle school, but, you know, got to high school. We didn't have it. Didn't get to play. Um, so I played baseball, um, played basketball. In the summers, I'd play baseball. Um, kind of thought that was going to be my career, that was going to be my future. Um, so ended up going to a junior college out of high school, played there for a year. What did you play? Um, I was a shortstop. Oh, wow. Yep, I, I was a shortstop. I would not have guessed that. No, no, I was a lot skinnier then. But So I was a shortstop, played there, um, I was Eastern Oklahoma State uh, Junior College. Um, was there a year and went to the University of Texas after that. Um, was there a year. <laughs> Uh, my junior year, I went, I went back home to a school in Lott in Oklahoma, Cameron University. Um, I played my junior year there, and I was drafted by the Braves from there. See, I told you I could yeah, never you, possibly get there. Yeah, right. yeah. How, how do you get there from there? I've, I've read so many stories. And, and they're all wrong. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. <laughs> yeah. so, so the salty dogs are bringing you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Straight so, from the mouth. Yes. Yeah. So, so, okay, at this point you just got drafted by the Braves in the 19th yep, round? Yep, when, I got yep. that part right. Yeah, wow. there you go. So I was with the Braves. Um, they sent me to Danville, Virginia for uh, uh, advanced rookie ball. Um, so I went there. I was there for a couple months. They moved me up to uh, Class A, which was in Rome, Georgia. What was the name of that team? Uh, the Rome Braves. Okay. It was the Danville Braves and the Rome Braves, okay. yep. Um, so I was they're in Rome. Very, they're very creative with their names. Well, the I Braves thought some of these minor league teams did different <laughs> They names. do. They, they okay. do. They do. But the Braves, so when I was there, they owned all their affiliates, and so they would stay with the Braves. Okay. I think the high A team, they don't own the high A team, so they had a different name. But other than that, they're okay. all the Braves. So anyways, come back the next year, um, went to spring training, um, got sent back to Rome uh, to Class A out of spring training, was there for a couple months and kind of knew – you know, baseball wasn't a thing for me. Um, I, I wanted to go another route. Um, I was drafted as a junior, so I hadn't finished school yet. Um, so I didn't I didn't want to bounce around the minor leagues for however long and then never make it to the show and not have a degree and, and things like that. So I decided to go back to school. 
Um, I knew I had one more year left of eligibility at Division One school, so I went to Oklahoma State um, and, and knew I was going to play basketball there. As a so, forward? Yep, as like a 3-4. Jeff, wow. this is going to be our be- most amazing interview because I think we're only going to have to one- ask one question. I know. This right. is going to get off 10 minutes. This, yeah. is, this is a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Okay, Continue. so now we're at Oklahoma State. So I'm at Oklahoma You're State. You're a forward. Yep, yep. Did you walk on? Yep, or? walked okay. on. So I got there in the summer. Um just went walking around the gym, found the coach, found somebody that knew somebody that could get me a hold of somebody that could email somebody on staff. <laughs> and I said, okay, do it. And um, so anyways, got to meet the head coach. Um, he saw me, saw my size. He kind of heard my story, you know. So he said, yeah, you can try out. So he said, you got any shoes with you? I said, yeah. So I had a tryout that day. Um, went well. Um, they came right after the tryout. Well, went, we just played pickup pretty much, and uh, right after that they came and said, "Yeah, you're on the team. We got Man. weights tomorrow morning at 6 a.m." So, <laughs> wow. just like that, it was rolling, and it was the best time of my life. I was there for wow. a year. I um, didn't play a ton, but it, I mean, the friends I made there—you know—they're still my best friends. Talk to them all the time. Great people. The coach was great. Still in contact with them. I mean, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed my year there, and I graduated. Um, when I when I graduated, so when I was there. I was talking to the baseball coach a little bit. Hey, I'm coming back to school here. I want to coach baseball. I'm playing basketball while I'm here. I got a year left. Going to graduate, but I'd love you know if you have something open, a GA, something like that. You know, I'd I'd love to you know maybe work with you. And he said, you know, we'll we'll see what we got when the when the year's over. So when I'd graduated, we talked again, and and they had a GA spot opening. So he hired me there as his GA. And I mean, I was there in the fall, and that would have been fall of 2016 as a GA for the baseball staff. Um, That November, December, Wichita State hired me to come be their volunteer assistant as the uh, infielders coach. So I was there in 2017, coached the infielders, coached the hitters. And um, just seeing the travel that those coaches do, recruiting, mm-hmm. and, and always on the road. And, you know, in college, in the pros, you get a little bit more off time. In college, with recruiting and things like that, it's year-round. You're never off. Um, I, I didn't think that's what I wanted for my life. So I went back and I enrolled at a school, Southeastern Oklahoma State University. And um, I was just going to get a safety degree. I wanted to get into oil. Oil's a big industry in Oklahoma. Um, I wanted to get into the oil industry, be a safety man out there. And, uh, you know, work a little more normal schedule and get to go home every night, things like that. Um, so I enrolled down there. I was taking all the intro classes. Um, it was only going to take me a year to finish the program. So the first semester was all intro. Second semester, I'd have done all the, you know, the, 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 the harder work and was going to be done. So I was, had some free time and I was a little bored the first semester. <laughs> I didn't know the school had football. I didn't know the school had football. What's their name? Southeastern Oklahoma State University, the okay. Savage Storm. That's oh, right. the, I did Savage Storm. the Savage Storm. That's great, yeah. man. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know they had football when I got there. I was walking around campus one day in between classes and uh, walked up on the football field. I said, well, I don't. Maybe they have football. I was at Cameron University playing baseball. We had a football field in the stadium, but we didn't have they football have there. So I didn't know if they had yeah, football. Yeah. Or maybe no the high school team right. used it. Who knows? Yeah. So I went in the field house and I said, "Hey, uh, it's me. I can play." <laughs> hey, you got a football team here? They said, "Yeah." I said, "Can I talk to the coach?" They said, "Who are you?" I just kind of said, "I don't know. See if he could use a body." So he come out and. Uh, I asked, I said, hey, I mean, I've never played before. I got some time. I got a, I got a year left. And, uh, I mean, could you use a body? And he said, well, can, can, can you run? I said, I, you knew that part. I hope. So he said, well, run. A, he, he, we go down the field. He said, all right, run a corner. Didn't know what a corner run I looked. I said, what do you? He said, run 12 yards and then break towards the corner. So I ran 12 yards and I broke towards the corner. They throw me a pass. I catch it. He said, yeah, you're on the team. <laughs> Just like that. Oh, one pass try. Yep, one, one, one route. And I didn't even have cleats on. I was wearing tennis shoes. That's great. And so uh, anyways, he said, I'm on the team. He said, you got to get all this stuff done. So this was on a Sunday. And the, the first game of the season was that Thursday. So with NCAA, you can't even wear – got to have two days, no pads at all, then one day in a helmet, and then, you know, all that Let's stuff. See where this right. is going. So the first day I've ever worn pads <laughs> was the first game. Oh, my God. And so we get you know, go out there and play. I got some playing time. Um, the following week we played somebody. Um, they had a cornerback that was getting looked at. Um, I had a good game. He was guarding me all game. And so, you know, some, some eyes saw me just by accident yeah, kind of. that's and, how that happens. Yep, it kind of – just kind of went from there. And it was the Rams that – they called first. Yeah, right? the, the Rams. Well, there were several teams that called um, and offered deals. I, I thought I was going to maybe get drafted in the seventh round. Um, end up not getting drafted. There were several teams that offered free agent deals. Um, the Rams gave me the most money guaranteed. And uh, at the time, I, I didn't know a lot about football. I didn't know looking into rosters, needs, and things like that. Um, they gave me the most guaranteed money. So I went there, learned a lot. Um, 
Have you ever had a tryout in your life where you didn't Im- immediately make the team? I mean, when I came here, well, I they, they, when I came here, they gave me four weeks before they brought me back. Oh, so, yeah, right. I thought, yeah. so you were doubting yourself. A and you were yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as he's yeah. ever had to wait. Yeah. He's I like, wait a minute. I do. thought you tried out and then immediately you, walked into the locker room. Do you know room. who I am? <laughs> <laughs> so I now you've gone through all that and you end up as a tight end in the NFL. Is, do you feel now at this point that, okay, maybe this is what my size and skill set was best meant for all along? You know, you, you never know. Maybe so. Um, who knows? Uh, when I got cut by the Rams last year out of camp, um, I got a job doing pharmaceutical sales. And uh, so I was working with a pharmaceutical sales company, never thought I'd play football again. And I felt like, you know, maybe my, my size kind of helped me there with the personal skills and talking to people and, you know, coming in and, and being able to demand a room and things like that. So maybe it's not sports that, that it's meant for. Who knows? Yeah. Um but as of right now, that's what I'm doing. So you know, I'm, I'm trying to use it to my advantage. You ever think you might go back to the oil industry? I don't. I don't think I will, just because I don't want to go back to school and finish that degree. Oh, yeah. uh, and I really liked the pharma sales. I enjoyed it a lot. And it can be lucrative too. It, it, it was it was doing well for me, and, and I was I was getting better at it, and I was learning a lot. Um, but the Cowboys called me in March, February or March, and said, "Hey, you got a legitimate chance here." Um, if you want to come back. So it was tough for me to leave the pharma job because I was thinking I was going to do that for a while. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I'm glad I took the chance with the Cowboys, and I developed a ton there. Uh, Coach Nussmeyer there, I mean, he and Jason Witten, of course, you know, just right. being in the room and listening to those guys talk, um, it, it just did a ton for me. That's awesome. So go ahead. No, I, I am. <laughs> How many minutes? Uh, he's at 9.55. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, we'll get you I, out of here. I am. What I'm taking out of this is here's a guy that goes, you know what? I think I'll try this. He doesn't, yeah. he, you, you do not know what no means. When I, and what I say by that is you don't already talk yourself out of what you, what you kind of want to do or you go check it out, which is pretty remarkable because that's what happens. Most people talk themselves out of it before they even apply for anything. Yeah. Is that at all accurate? You know, I think so, but I think I've, I've always weighed my decisions and, and I've always really put a lot of thought into what I was going to do and what I wasn't going to do. And I think this far... I've made the right decision along the way. Now my paths bounce around, and I never planned for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But every time I've been faced with a choice to go one way or the other, you know, I've put a lot of thought into it and didn't just do it because, oh, I want to do it. You know, I did it because I thought there was a, little, a legitimate chance that something could come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the Cowboys thing wouldn't have been a chance where I thought I could legitimately stick around, whether okay. that be 53 men or whether that be, you know, practice what I wouldn't have done it. But the way Jason Witten came back, um, and so probably they weren't going to draft another tight end in that, that case. And him coming back, I wasn't going to be the starter anyways. You know, so that opened up the bottom of the roster, though, because knowing they're not going to bring in as many guys. So I've thought about it, and it's not just been something that, oh, yeah, I'll just try that because I don't want to. Yeah. No, I thought it was a legitimate chance. Okay. Um, we, 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 I know we do have to wrap it up, but he caught a touchdown pass. No, it wasn't a touchdown. Oh, right? it, it was set a up the touchdown. Touch. It was a huge yes. play in the game. So right. we can so, ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I got time. So you play your first game ever in the NFL, uh, and you end up making a really big play that led to a touchdown during a, a good comeback in the last two minutes of the second half. So what, do you just want to describe the play? Yeah. So I had a go route, and that was my favorite route in college. In college, I, I never really knew the offense or anything. I had a wristband, and I'd look at it, and I'd look at one of the coaches on the sidelines, and he'd give me a number. The rest of the team would have a number, and it'd say the play. He'd give me a number, and it'd just tell me what route to run. Okay, all right. And it was a slot fade in college is what we called it, and that's what the route I had here was. Oh, cool. And uh, so I, I went down there, and, and luckily – Jameis threw it to me. He trusted me. He threw it to me. He put it right where he needed to put it um, for being able to make, make a play on the ball. And luckily, I held on Somebody, to it. Somebody uh, wow. suggested it looked like you were boxing him out. Yeah, so I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You like yeah. that? Yeah. Is that fairly accurate? I guess you, so. You used your body to <laughs> yeah. screen yeah. him. They called screening him, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that was exciting. I, it, and so was this interview. We appreciate it. Yeah. Seriously. I know it's you, a great story. Yeah, it is. A, it, it is a great story. And we appreciate your time and continued success. We look forward to seeing what you can do uh, one more game this year anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Connie. All right, thanks. thanks, guys. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for our final segment. Jeff is still laughing. Oh, my gosh. That is – that is. I just I'm, want to say, I don't know what prorating 10 minutes of my salary is, but that was the easiest money I ever made. Yeah. Wow. It was like pull the string and go. <laughs> and it was entertaining the whole way. Totally. That was great. And, and We appreciate it that. Is, it is – it's – you know, it's a wonderful life. It's, that's what that was. I'm, I was going to say it makes you want to root for him, but I don't think it matters. No. I mean, if, if this NFL thing doesn't pan out in the long run, he's obviously going to be fine. He seems to be, yes. If, if he breaks out of his shell, he'll be okay. <laughs> so. All right.
Hey, you can do a lot worse things than pharmaceutical sales. Hey, no you, question. You can make a lot of money. Doing no that. question. All right. We've got questions. Mm. The two weeks in a row, people have responded. I like it. Well, it's that time of year. I guess. Some of these are some, uh, you're going to like one of these. Right. We haven't heard from her in a long time. Okay. You probably know who I'm talking about. I'll wait and see. All right. Hey, dogs, Merry Christmas a little bit early. No, not really, because yeah. today is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, as we're for recording us. for you, us. They probably will put this up. Around the world, as you're listening to this, Christmas is already probably past. Well, it's going up to, well, it might go up tomorrow. I don't know. Well, that was really entertaining. No, I was trying to think of what, when it would go. Yeah, and go I, was, ahead. I was just watching the gears turn. Watching football this weekend, a buddy and I got into a discussion that I thought you might be able to help with. When a team wins a Super Bowl, who gets a Super Bowl ring? Every player that has been on the team at any point during the season. Example, would Antonio Brown get a Super Bowl ring if the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Or is it only players, players that are on the team at the time of the Super Bowl win? Also, does anyone besides players, coaches, and player personnel get one? Thanks, Sam Now, I think we've had a question from him before mm-hmm. from Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. Yep. You're right that everybody on football side, that's what we call it, football side, yep. uh, gets rings. Uh, most of the time, teams do give players rings. It depends. They don't have to. It's a team decision. Mm-hmm. So New England's going to have to decide that, and it may be the kind of thing like weighing – you know, was there really much of a contribution here? Yeah, and uh, the way he and the way he left. Yeah, so it's up to them yeah. whether or not they want to give them. They're not obligated mm-hmm. to. Um, you also give rings. There's always some guys from a Super Bowl winning team that have that then leave in free agency, but they always get rings. Yes, I can think of. I think Alshamon Singleton and Dexter Jackson mm-hmm. yeah. for us. Oh yeah. Um, the you do I well we only have you and I only have one experience with being on a team that got Super Bowl and there were Super Bowl rings for just about everybody although they were two different varieties mm-hmm. uh, and then um, and the staff that we have now is a lot bigger than it was in 2002 so I'm not sure what you would do you don't you're not teams aren't obligated to do it so it just depends on what they want to do yeah and the way it works too is the NFL has X amount of dollars they give to a team and say. You can design your Super Bowl ring. Here's here's our contribution, and then the team adds to it oh, okay. and how they want to do it. I didn't and the, know that. And the team decides how they want to distribute rings, whether yes. they do it totally through all the executives right. and how it's done. So it's done on a on a. I'd really base like to, to find this out one more time. Well, yeah, it's different administration. And, now, and so. I will say, I will say this. Um, what I'm saying is, I want to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I understand that. I wasn't working for the team then, so but I was. You were, um, but I did get uh, one of the types of rings. I got an, they called it an executive ring, mm-hmm. and I did get I did receive one of those. It's pretty cool. It's still pretty cool. And um, so yes, I would like to uh, experience the Super Bowl again <clears throat> because it was all a blur to me because I was just working too much. Oh, I remember I, it really well. I, I don't. I remember I the game a lot too. I remember the game, but I, at, back then I was running a sports station plus the Buccaneer Radio Network. Mm. So, I mean, I, well, I was just all over the place. When we won that Super Bowl, um, so there's the team travel, the mm-hmm. regular traveling party. Uh, everybody who was in the regular traveling party got to – they didn't come on the same flight, but got to bring a spouse or a significant mm-hmm. other. Uh, so there was a plane for all those people. Mm-hmm. And then everybody who was on our staff but was not on the traveling party – got to fly out there as well. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yes, so very cool. In my instance, in case my wife was there, although our team plane went up like on Monday. Monday. And then um, Thursday. And then the coaches came a couple days later, right? Yes. I remember that. They took the fine. Uh, and then the then two then the I think the other planes came in on like Thursday. Yeah, and you got to remember that was the last time that a championship game and a Super Bowl was a week later. Right. There was not a two-week delay. That's correct. So it was a real quick turnaround. Oh, we crazy. got back from Philly and then flew out the next yeah, like, we, 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 early morning. Yeah, we weren't even home from Philly 12 hours. We yeah. were on our way to San Diego. Yeah, yeah. you are just basically spending all your time packing yeah. for a yeah. week in San Diego. It was, Although it, it's not hard to pack for a week no, in San Diego. No, and the weather was great. Uh, excellent experience. Uh, the other thing about this is it's not just rings. There's also Super Bowl shares mm-hmm. because, like, I think in every sport, professional sport, uh, when you win the championship, you get – X amount, of X amount of dollars right. per mm-hmm. share is what they call it. And pretty much any active player or coach is going to get a full share. But then the team can decide how to break down other shares. So maybe if you have – I'm just randomly making up an example. Right. If you have four guys in the equipment 
room, maybe you split up two shares between them or one share or whatever. Uh-huh. Or the head guy gets half a share and the next guy it gets 25. Yeah. Something along those lines. And that's a random example having nothing to do with our particular staff. Um, that's an issue for these players that were only here a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you give a share to like, – can we think of an example? Well, Vernon Hargraves, right. what if the Bucks won the Super Bowl this year, which obviously can't happen, but – If he did, what would be – Would you give him a share? Would you – you know, or yeah. part of a share? It'd probably be a portion of a share is what I would think. Yeah, prorate it. So – Yeah, there's a lot that goes a lot into to, yeah. it. It's, but let's just say this. It's a nice problem to have, and I hope <laughs> we have it. <laughs> you know what I got from the last Super Bowl? What? Uh, a month – the hardest work of month of work of well, my you wrote entire a, life. You wrote a really fascinating book. Well, thank you. you I read, wrote the Super Bowl I, book. I, I have I have a couple copies of that. I wrote book. that thing in like one month. That's amazing. It was nonstop day and night for a month. It is it was the hardest month of work in my entire life, but I'm glad we did it. I, I will say this. It's fun to go back through that book. Oh, cool. Because you as you read it, you re, it, it all comes to life because you lived it. But it comes to life because of how Let me let it. you in on something, anybody else who's seen that book. I originally wrote 110,000 words for that book, <laughs> and then we decided we wanted more pictures to make the book look better. Uh-huh. And every time you use a page for a picture, yeah, you're yeah, losing yeah. thousands of words. So <laughs> uh, I so heard you gotta... that we were going to do that, and I understood, but I'm like, oh, God, I don't really want to edit my own stuff down. So the poor PR guys at the time did it. took it upon themselves to edit so you had a thousand words in the book. <laughs> it, I think it ended up being forty something thousand. Yeah. But if you, you see what I'm saying, how much was oh, yeah. cut out? Sure, there was a lot of work. But it was well done. It's a, it was it's, the right it's decision. A, it's a great book. It was the right decision. Yeah. It just was hard for me at the time. But see, I don't think you should have been the one to edit it. Because I didn't. You, I didn't. You know, think I could you, do because it. you wrote it, and so in fairness to you, I mean, that's anybody who writes has an editor. So yeah, that's true. If it was little things, I probably would have wanted to do it, but it was such a big thing. I was like, this is going to kill me to have to edit all this out. (laughs) What? All all my work is fantastic. How could this be? (laughs) All right. Next question. All right. Uh, This is from our old friend. Our old friend. Uh, Dear Jeff and Scott, just a note to wish you both a Merry Christmas and or Happy Hanukkah. Christmas in my case. Christmas in my case. The Bucks have surely brought some holiday cheer to their fans these past four games, haven't they? This was sent in before the most recent game. Mm Mm-hmm. Watching the replay of Sean Murphy Bunting's pick six, I was struck by how much he looked like Rondé Barber running the one. Actually, she just says Rondé. Running the one in the playoff game in Philly. His stride is so similar. But, of course, there will never be another Rondé. Thank you. I wish there would be another Rondé. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Thank you both for the information and entertainment you provide each week. Tampa Bay fans are lucky to have you. Thank you. Your old nurse friend. Rusty and Alton. Ah, Rusty Cheney, I think. Thanks, Rusty. And she's always the one that writes old nurse. Yeah, but we you wouldn't not. throw the word old in there. No. You don't have to do that. No. You're, you're, We're old. You're former nurse. You're a you're, well, you're nurse friend. You're a your nur- friend. You're a nurse nurse all the time. Well, first of all, nurses are awesome. I think we've said that before. So. Correct. Um, okay. I just want That I, was nice. I, I'm happy We haven't heard from, from her, her in a while. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, but somebody else said this to me, and I think it was even like. The night of the game. I Is know you, you. No, no, but you told me about it. You heard it. the conversation. Yeah, and I kind of agreed with it. I, I agree with R- what Rusty's saying. I disagree. No it, offense. I know why you're going to say it. It and didn't. You, I no. Maybe she says his stride, so maybe that. But it didn't look anything like the Ronde play to me. I understand that, but it was similar in the situation of oh, that kind of reminds me of something. That's what it reminded me what, of. What that we clinched a game that we were winning in Detroit against a against a non playoff team. Same difference. difference. It was just their game over, the situation, all of it. I could see where they find the similarities. This play, Sean was covering Amendola in the slot. (laughs) You're going to get so technical now. And he saw, he he read the route and and knew what was coming and Mm -hmm. made a fast break and caught the ball way out by the sideline. Mm-hmm. And then it was a great play. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously ran untouched 70 yards for a touchdown. Rondé was also playing in the slot on his pick, but he didn't have to break to the sideline. He he faked a blitz because Donovan McNabb had, had when he blitzed earlier on one play, I think Rondé had one or two sacks in that game too, but when he blitzed on one play that didn't work, Donovan McNabb read it and threw right to the, the spot he'd vacated. So Rondé purposely faked it, hoping he would do the same thing, which he did. So all he did was step up, let him see him, and then when he wasn't looking, he stepped back, and he was just basically there. And then when Donovan uh, turned to throw, that's when he cut in front of the receiver, which I can't think of his name right now. I think it was the guy that was a former Packer. Uh, So it wasn't anywhere. It was more like down the seam rather than out by the Mm -hmm. sideline. 
I, I mean, know. he got to the sideline because that's what you're supposed it to do. It was a pick six to win the game. That's why it's similar. <sighs> Don't. It's just technical stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, we're talking I about know. the greatest play in the history of this I understand, but it, I, I have to admit when it happened, it did flash. I know. Like, it, similar it, to Yeah, it. that's just your lack of imagination. All right. Okay, next question. Oh, mighty saltines. First time we've had that one. Mm. I like it. Uh, first off, Scott, you should know that last week Jeff brought in the outro music under your final thought really loud and couldn't hear your final words. For somebody, Jeff, with so much technical experience, I mean, come on, man. First of all, go have your ears <laughs> checked. That's one. Are you sure? Did yeah, you go back I'm and listen? positive. Go have, your, go have your ears checked because, and I'll tell you why. It is very low level and you're somewhat mumbling, but I, and <laughs> no, it's true. If, listen, if, if I'm I, mumbling at the end of, or I'm mumbling all the time. No, at this point, because I actually low, when I was, when I was doing it, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, we got to really lower this down. This is almost like not having any music at all because this is so, but, um, if you, if you go back and listen, you will see that I am correct. He's playing with his phone right now. Right? Um, I'm looking for. We've had a long uh, history this this year of, what's of, of Jeff uh, being uh, very adamant about proving he's right about. Yes, stuff. and I'm uh, the only time I the only time I get that way is when I know I'm right. You, you thought you were right about Simeon Rice's contract. I was close enough for uh, government I, work. <laughs> You've used that twice today. I think. What's that? Government close work? enough for government work. Hey. Oh, are you actually playing it? Well, I'm going to find it. I mean, I'm seriously, it's just kind of. We're going down the wormhole here if we're doing if we're on a podcast, playing a podcast. We're not going down in a worm. What is what does a wormhole mean? What is? Yeah, lots of questions. And like I said, I appreciate at least one more right now that we can add for next week. And well, we only, well, I guess, uh, really, there's only a couple more shows left this year. Yeah, this season. Yeah, more, one for sure. Well, I don't know if we do one after the last one. Well, I, we could. Yeah, we could. We'll see. We could talk about it. The off season. Yeah, so maybe if we have questions. What, it's it's all on you, not you. <laughs> You, the listener. And since you did, thanks for listening. I don't get it. I okay, so thank you very much. I didn't have any trouble hearing what no, I was that's saying. what I was saying. So, anyway, the okay. outro music's supposed to Are you ready? Tempo. Are you ready for this? You mic drop. Drop the mic, which is actually his phone. All right, next. All right, I think we disproved that. Sorry, Bobby Munster, LA season ticket holder, but yes. thanks again for writing. Yes. And thanks for listening. Oh, there's more. There's actually a question here. Okay. I know this question will be predicated on which free agent we bring back, but which positions are the most glaring needs in the draft, assuming we lock up Jameis with the franchise tag? Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you clarify that because if you don't, then... Everybody thinks we're saying that that's going to happen. Continue. But also, if Jameis is not back, then your quarterback goes up your importance list, right? Yeah. I think we've answered this question, to be honest with you. I want to see us draft an offensive lineman in the first round for the first time since 2000. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, has it been that long? No, that's a lie. We did it in 2006. <laughs> we drafted. No, that's a lie. <laughs> in 2006, is we that, drafted Devin that, Joseph. No, that's a lie because you forgot about Devin yeah. Joseph. What I meant to say is the first time we. Because when you said that, I was thinking, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, we haven't drafted an offensive tackle in the first round okay. since Kenyatta Walker in 2000. Yeah, look how well that played. I out. know, but you can't not do it again. <laughs> uh, Devin Joseph was a guard, and we drafted him in 2006. And, and that, that worked, worked out great. really well. But that's the last offensive lineman we've taken in the first round. That's okay. 13 years, years ago. ago. 14 by the time the draft comes around. Uh, I think it's time. Now, part of the reason for that is we happen to hit on Donald Penn and and DeMar Dotson, two undrafted guys Mm -hmm. who who ate up a lot of the starts between now and then, which is great. So, And then, you know, Donovan Smith wasn't a first-rounder, but he was pretty darn close. I think he was like three picks into the second round, something like that. But still, I think it's time to add some talent to that. Otherwise, and it also depends on who we get back, as he Mm -hmm. said, um, edge rusher. If it's a, but it seems to be a good class this year for tackles, at least if you believe the scouting reports and the, and the lists that are out now. Yeah. So it seems to me we could get good value. Let's just say we're picking 16th right, right around there. Would, would you say that's the most important position if you take the quarterback position out? You mean just in general or for us? Just in, just for us. Uh, offensive line or more? Mm, yeah. Offensive line. I think so. Be, yeah. I because think. I don't really – I'm not a big proponent of first-round running backs. Uh, I think we're good at receiver. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't take a tight end in the first round. Um so on offense, that unless you're in, we're already so we're not doing quarterback. So offensive line, and the defense seems to be 
it's got a lot more young talent on it right now, right? But you may need some defensive line, you know, mm-hmm. front line, outside linebackers, whatever. It's you know, it's funny. It's it's a hard team to get drafted to because there are so many young players on it. If you've certain really, positions, yeah, yeah, and done well, so. But there's so many, you know, things that seem set in stone now, two uh, years from now. Yeah, nothing is etched in stone. Yeah. Other than, well, never mind. <laughs> your, what, your, your gravestone? Yes, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, for crying out loud. We're doing Christmas pass well, here. Well, yeah, and then we'll talk resurrection. Okay. All right, Scrooge. Go. Okay. Keep going. All right, well, I got one more. All right. Scott and Jeff, or Jeff and Scott, whichever you prefer. Well, yes, I prefer Jeff and Scott, but continue. <laughs> I heard you guys giving Justin Watson some grief for his celebration, <laughs> or lack thereof, after his first NFL touchdown. Makes me think that I haven't seen a whole lot of really good celebrations from the Bucks this year. Can you think of one? He's absolutely right. And an interesting note is uh, Mike Evans was on Bucks Total Access last night, and it's a podcast. It's on the, on the site right now. And they were talking about, celebrations mm-hmm. and he was talking about that he's really upset that there's not much imagination in the celebration category and that is something he wants to work on this year <laughs> on the off season okay so as a group next year, he, 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 he justin watson's was ridiculous you know he, he's like he's like and he, you know he did it twice so it's horrible you know so um his uh mike likes to do uh boxing type mm. things but he said that uh, as a group, they're really horrible at it, <laughs> and they're going to get better. So it's you can good. check that podcast out. It's pretty good. And whatever you think of the team this year, they've scored a lot of touchdowns. That's true. So we've and had a lot have. of opportunities. That's what he was saying. <laughs> he was saying. He's saying this is bad. We're we've bad had 51. This, this writer didn't necessarily know that or put it in here, but we've had 51, which is a team record. So we've oh. still got one game to play. Right. So, dogs, if you were to score an NFL touchdown, what would your celebration be? Thanks. If you get to this, Brian Smith, he puts no relation. No. So we're not related, he thinks, at least. Okay. Bucks fans, All Smiths are related. Bucks, we're taking over the world. Mm. Bucks fans since the early 90s, he says. Wow. Thanks. Maybe Sam Whitecher. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I. I, never, I like the ones that are kind of clever and funny and look like a yeah. tableau. Like I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know. Maybe have a teammate crouch down and I sit on him like I'm a chair and I got a. I got a book and a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading a book for a while. And there's a fireplace in front of me. Maybe I'm warming Crack my hands on the fire. Maybe some guys can stand there and act like a fire. Smoking a pipe, are you? <laughs> or, or it could be something related to what's going – you could try to do Santa, Santa coming down a chimney mm-hmm. maybe. Sling a bag over your yeah. shoulder, and then... I, I would I would think I'd have to you know get with everybody and think about you wanna, it. I want a group. I, yes, I want. I think those are the best. Yeah, but there's enough rowing and stuff like yeah. that. We need we need like I want to see scenes, yeah. like tableaus, not just <laughs> we're rowing or we're climbing or we're well, shooting a basket. Maybe perhaps here's a here's a thought. Maybe we'll get with Mike Mike Evans. And you can give some of your ideas. I don't have a good one yet. I'm going to have to think about that. Cause you just did. Yeah, you spoke at a pipe. On. That was dumb. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was just trying to think of a scene in my head. I didn't prepare for this question like I, I should have. I know, but I'm thinking, where, I, thought you, I thought you prepared. No. Most definitely, because where would you get? Well, I'm sitting in a chair. I just and sat, I have a book. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I tried to think of like a, like being just a, like, a well. peaceful scene. <laughs> And maybe, you know, I didn't say pipe, but you yeah, that's pretty good. But it would be a pretty pipe. good little pipe. You, you could figure out what that yeah. was. I'm not a, a gifted mime or anything. Yeah. yeah, you don't see very many people smoking pipes anymore. Well, why would you? I understand, but it's just that, you know, it's the holiday spirit. I don't know. For some reason, you I... Can, s- you just vape now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you can. You know what I think about that? <laughs> what, vaping? Yes. What do you think about that? I think people look so silly when they're vaping. <laughs> well, you mean like when they're in their car and all of a sudden smoke comes billowing it out? It just looks so looks like silly. It looks like a Cheech and Chong movie to me. I mean, I'm not trying to be a teetotaler or anything. I, I do. You I know, do. cigarettes are terrible, obviously, yeah. and, and a lot less, you know, the, the, our generation, this generation now is a lot less smoking. But you're, they're always people are going to, as a group, are always going to find something. Sure. But you know through the years that in movies and TV, they often had characters smoking and Smoking is bad, but people thought it looked cool. Well, they made it. It shouldn't it, have. In the forties, it was you were a better person if you smoked. Okay, so it made you it developed bigger, into better, stronger. Yeah. Okay, so it just people thought it looked cool, which was dumb, but mm-hmm. it was true. But 
not only is vaping just another form of smoking, I guess, but it just looks so dumb. The only reason why I brought up the pipe is I was Googling Christmas music. The pipe looks good. It looks yeah, I was Googling Christmas music because I wanted to play some Christmas okay. music in my office as All I was right. working. And I, I just went, um, you know, Christmas songs and it popped up. And then I went uh, and then I looked and there was a, you know, old uh, album covers and it was Bing Crosby with a pipe sticking It's out. a classic, right? White it Christmas? Was, yeah. And I was like... Wow, you don't see that. <laughs> you don't see a lot of pipes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something to think about. All right. I think what else you that, got? No, that's the last question. That's the last one? Did we finish it? Yeah, yeah. we just we well, didn't have any great ideas. Yeah, no, but we're but just so you know, it's in the works because even the players think that they have – they're not very good with celebrations. So All right. So finish that. All right, you got anything else? I'm to, done. Uh, you're I'm done? done. We're going home tonight. It's Christmas yes, Eve. Yes, we get Tomorrow's off early. Christmas. Yes. Um, I'm going to go um, – I think my wife probably got me a Ferrari, so I'm going to have the big red bow. I'm going to get to take the big red bow off. Where do those car. people live? I want to know where those people live. They come out. They've got two 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 trucks, and she wants the pickup. And I go, <laughs> no, she wants the red one. Yeah, and I'm going. Where do you people live? Well, <laughs> out, I'm outside my tax bracket. <laughs> do you know the big red bows are a huge deal now? Are they like a, for a, cars? You mean? I mean, for, for people want those if they really are. And there's obviously we're talking about a certain strata of income yes. that would give their spouse. However, a you could vehicle, a luxury but, vehicle without them knowing it. But you could also buy a family truckster, and you could get a bow put people on want it the big red as, bow. as a surprise. You could you could pull people it. Up. You can do it from the you know you don't have to be the high end that you see right. the commercials on. But you could a people nice love the big car. red bow. I was mm-hmm. I was watching something about that the other day and see. Yeah, you could be buying your sixteen year old or your seventeen year old their where, first car. Where do you get a big red bow? One, the, I don't remember which. It was a luxury car dealership not dealership but brand mm-hmm. and and they were talking about this dealership where they say people come in and they want the bow maybe it's lexus aren't there a lot of lexus yeah. commercials bmw uh, mercedes all of those so yeah. they want the santa bow. claus drives the mercedes <laughs> that's the commercial where yeah. the kid takes a picture of santa claus and black yeah. them, and then the dad goes well he has been good he can sit in the car <laughs> i love stuff like that all right all right are we coming back next week? I think we probably are. Okay. Remember how somebody asked us? They, the players will be gone, so we won't have a player guest. Right. Remember how somebody asked us if we could have Casey Phillips on mm-hmm. again? Maybe we can get her. All right. We'll see. Anything else? That's it. All right. Merry Christmas. Mike. Merry Christmas. Since you did. Oh, Merry Christmas to you all, too. Since you did. Thanks for listening.